Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, pretty much all companies nowadays have social media teams who attempt to orchestrate online campaigns. Some of them fall flat, some of them grow legs and can be enormously successful. Carl Kinsella is a columnist at thejournal.ee and has written about this kind of thing in the past. Good afternoon, Carl. Hi, Sean. How are you getting on? Uh, are there any rules, Carl, as to what maybe uh, uh, what makes a successful one and a non-successful one? Yeah, well, there are certainly a lot of rules or a lot of mistakes you can make for an unsuccessful social media campaign. But as far as making a successful one, it's sort of like trying to capture lightning in a bottle because these things, to take root and to take people's imaginations, they sort of have to have an element of organicness to them and they need to be carried along by the public. So I think it's very hard for a marketing team to sit in a room and come up with a, you know, a foolproof idea as to what's going to be a viral marketing campaign. But there are a lot of ways to do it wrong. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, because they're all aiming to be authentic while going about it in an entirely inauthentic way. Yeah, precisely. Like, ultimately, what you're trying to do is to not manipulate, but to nudge people into engaging with your brand. So, by and large, that's not something people necessarily want to do off their own back. So, for the sort of campaign to take off, you need to have some additional element or oftentimes some unplanned or unforeseen element that actually, you know, makes the campaign successful, something that people identify with for reasons that are often quite hard to capture. Yeah. So g- give us an example of, of some some failures. Well, there are a few, you know, tremendous failures. Uh, obviously, there was one uh, two years ago some of the listeners might remember this when Burger King for International Women's Day, they had a particularly shocking one where they just tweeted the phrase women belong in the kitchen, which was a pretty startling thing. If you just open up your Twitter, your Instagram, and you see Burger King says women belong in the kitchen, you're going to be like, what are they talking about? You know, especially on, on International Women's Day of all days. And that's exactly what happened. People were like, what are you doing? Why are you saying this? And quite quickly, Burger King followed up and they were trying to illustrate the point that globally, not that many women are chefs and that if women want to be chefs, women should be chefs. But the way they chose to sort of couch this message was by starting off from a very shocking, uh, kind of a shocking starting point of just saying women belong in the kitchen. And it just fell completely flat on its face. People were like, why on earth is this the way you would choose to go about putting that message out there? Um, so yeah, that was a, certainly an unbridled failure in terms of achieving whatever its aim really was. Uh, yeah, because yeah, that sounds like a kind of a rookie mistake. And, and you'll know this as a journalist that, you know, if, if, if you've written a, a, an article of any sort, people tend to just react to the headline right, without having read the article at all. And that was classic case of that. Yeah, and, and honestly, this one was kind of worse than just sort of like, just a headline, you know, they left that tweet up sort of on, they didn't follow up that tweet for, I don't know if it was 20 minutes or 30 minutes, but it meant that there was a solid 20 minutes of sort of dead air where people were just sat there looking at this tweet by Burger King, <laughs> suggesting the women should be in the kitchen. So it was, you know, the, the kind of mistake Ronald McDonald would never make. It's a, a classic, uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I honestly... Uh, I, yeah. yeah, I have no idea where they were going with that one. Yes. Now, now and, but an example, and this is a kind of an odd one, it like, I mean, it's, it's not even, I suppose, uh, around any particular campaign, but the Ryanair social media team seem to do very well just by, like, we don't care what you think seems to be their general kind of demeanour. Yeah, the Ryanair social media uh, sort of 
persona is a really interesting one because as you say it sort of reflects the general Ryanair brand and sort of reflects the Michael O'Leary persona of like yeah not really giving a damn what people think sort of playing into that playing into that uh, idea of them as like a budget airline that sort of not necessarily cuts corners but like doesn't offer all the frills that the other airlines offer and like that sort of seems to include you know, uh, appropriate customer service. And that seems to shine through in there. So their social media strategy just seems to be to sort of, I don't know, it, it doesn't seem to alienate people any further, but I, al- I also don't think it like, it doesn't launder the brand at all. It doesn't make people like Ryanair anymore. It might make them sort of admire the ballsiness and the brazenness of just how Ryanair-ish it is. But, mm. you know, it's got to be confusing for people if you're watching the Ryanair Twitter feed. And watching them put together their memes and their jokes, but you can't get a response from, you know, the customer service uh, people in the DM. So it's kind of a weird dichotomy. Yeah, and, and, but, it, but it, it does seem to even go as far as, you know, somebody starts tweeting at them some complaint and then they just, reco- you know, they reply with a meme as in, a, you know, tough. It was a cheap flight, what we expecting kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. Like there was one, I think there was a picture of what of what appeared to be, and I'm not sure if it like if it turned out to be this, but it looked as though there was almost a hole above the emergency exit. Um and like, you know, it was just just like that kind of thing where they just don't they're just not really that bothered. Um and yeah, it is I think again, it, it people are so Ryanair almost have a captive audience, you know, if you want to achieve flight you kind of almost have to go with Ryanair. So it sort of takes the pressure off their social media team because they know they're going to be getting the sales anyway. So yeah. they're sort of free to take the reins off and, and tweet whatever they like. And they certainly, they make as much use of that as possible. That's an interesting point then. If they have the, if they have the, uh, um, the customers anyway, why do they even need a social media team? That's sort of the interesting, I suppose that's just sort of the, the ecosystem these days where, you know, you need to maintain some degree of, of online presence to stay relevant. But like, yeah, ultimately, like, I would, I mean, I'm not a business analyst, but like, I would imagine that Ryanair would probably do okay even if they didn't have a social media team. Like, that would be my guess. We don't have that many airlines flying out of Ireland. But I think, you know, the appeal is just to sort of have some sort of personal connection with the customers. And like, yeah, you know, social media campaigns, that's what they're for. Like they're, they're to sort of create a bit of a bond between the customer and the company. And like Ryanair do do that. Like people, people do get a kick out of Ryanair's memes and jokes. So, you know, Mm. you wouldn't call it unsuccessful. You'd you'd probably say it's, it's a relatively, it's, it's successful in terms of how people think of Ryanair, but like, I don't think it's going to, it doesn't revolutionize how we think about Ryanair. We don't all of a sudden think of them as a, as a company that, uh, you know, where you're going to get a lot of leg room or, you know, a fancy flying experience. But it, it, it certainly cements, cements the sort of Michael O'Leary persona. Uh, what's the Duolingo owl? This is interesting. So Duolingo, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's, it's a language learning app that a lot of people have on their phones. So if you want to learn Spanish or, or French, kind of does free lessons, you kind of go through it like that. But basically, their sort of marketing phenomenon came about because they have this mascot who is an owl named Duo. He's a green owl, big sort of green owl with wide eyes. And if you have Duolingo on your phone, you get notifications just nonstop telling you to practice your Spanish or practice your French. And basically, this sort of meme, and this is what we're talking about, kind of organic, sort of unforeseen campaigns. 
So like it sort of became a meme that Duolingo was always bothering people to practice their French or practice their Spanish. And Duolingo capitalized on this by having, you know, kind of making their mascot lean into this meme. So they had sort of an ad campaign where like the, the owl mascot would show up outside people's offices or at their homes and just sort of stare in the window, you know, sort of like uh, playing on this idea that the owl is always watching and always wanting you to like, you know, practice your, your French or your Spanish or whatever language it is. And then they kind of, they started to branch out from that and then like start putting the like the owl into weird situations. Like I think at this point they've sexualized the owl. They've done all sorts of weird stuff with the owl. But I think it all comes from this space of people identifying that there's something weird about the way Geolingo goes about its business in terms of being so pushy. And mm. I think because people identified that Geolingo then smartly sort of capitalized on this meme idea and turned it into something bigger and turned it into a social media campaign. So that's kind of like, that's an example of it done very well because you're paying attention to what people are already saying mm. and then leaning into that. Yeah. Carl, thanks million for uh, talking with us today. That was uh, Carl Kinsler there, a columnist at thejournal.ie. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.